Welcome to the Untold Motherhood Podcast, a space where women can share their raw stories and experiences about becoming a mother. No filter, no fear, no judgment. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to be here. Today's Untold Motherhood story is going to navigate hyperemesis gravidarum. According to AmericanPregnancy.org, this is a condition characterized by severe nausea, vomiting, weight loss, and electrolyte disturbance. My guest today struggled with this condition of hyperemesis gravidarum during her pregnancy, and her courage and journey inspired me and strengthened me through my own journey with severe morning sickness during my pregnancy. We have never met before today, but I have been following her journey on social media for about a year. And when I started to dream about this podcast, it was people like her and her story that motivated me to bring light to the untold motherhood stories. Without further ado, I have here Kelsey Bryan Larson, a mother of two beautiful girls, wife and advocate for mental health, self-compassion and birth trauma survivor. You can follow her on Instagram with the handle Kelsey Brian Larson. Kelsey, I'm so glad you're here to tell your amazing story. Thank you. I am so happy to be here, and I feel honored that um, you asked me to be a part of this. So thank you. Yes, thank you. So i like to start with you perhaps sharing a little bit of that journey, uh, some of the things that you experienced, with hyperemesis throughout your pregnancy, what that looked like, how you felt? Yes, so I actually suffered from this condition um, with both of my pregnancies. Um, My first pregnancy, I was technically um, undiagnosed. My doctor um, just told me that this was normal and, um, you know, I just had really bad morning sickness. And I had never even heard of this condition before. Um, And my family and friends and everyone was like, I don't think this is normal. Like I've never seen somebody that's this sick. And I was going to the emergency room for IVs. And um, I was like begging for anti-nausea medication. And I was just like, this is, this is just not at all what I expected or, you know, I just, I was very uneducated on that that even was a condition. Um, and I kind of just toughened it out. Luckily it was much, much less severe with my first pregnancy, um, than my second one. Um, so my most recent pregnancy, um, that's how I actually knew I was pregnant, um, was because I started getting all of these symptoms before I even got, um, a positive pregnancy test. And then, um, I actually had a miscarriage and then I got pregnant the week after I miscarried. And so I basically, thank you. Um, it was very difficult. Um, one, cause I had never experienced a miscarriage, but then I also, um, was, you know, I was sick for about eight weeks and then miscarried. And I had about two weeks where I started to feel a little bit better, but then, um, the symptoms and everything started right back up and I didn't really get to grieve, um, the loss in the miscarriage because I got pregnant so quickly, which I was so grateful, but, um, the sickness just immediately kicked in. So 
by about week six, um, on my, the current pregnancy, I was going into, um, the emergency room for IV fluids. Um, I started having significant weight loss and dehydration, dehydration. Um, and so as soon as I had about four or five emergency room visits, they started doing in-office, um, fluids at my OB and that wasn't enough. Um, I was still just losing weight very quickly. Um, I was so fatigued. I couldn't even like shower by myself or like get dressed by myself. Um, and so they put a pick line in my arm. Um, and all of this at this point was through home health care so that I could manage it at home because my little one at the time um, was like about one and a half years old. So she required still a lot of attention. Um, and even though I was getting all the fluids from the pick line, um, they had to start figuring out what to do to help with my weight loss because, um, they were worried that the baby wasn't going to be getting any nutrition. So, um, I had five NG feeding tubes through my nose, um, all of those failed because I was vomiting so much that I was, would throw up the, um, feeding tubes. So at 18 weeks, they surgically placed a peg J feeding tube through my abdominal wall. And that is literally like what saved my life and sustained my body and the baby. And so, um, although that was, um, like my literal lifesaver through my pregnancy. Um, it still came with a lot of challenges and, you know, it helped with the nausea and, um, you know, like lightened some of the symptoms because I was finally getting nutrition and able to not lose weight, but just like maintain the weight that I was at. Um, I had a lot of hospitalizations still during that period. Um, I got really used to carrying. I had to have like a backpack on my back all the time. Um, some women don't have to have their feeds and their fluids running 24 seven, but if mine weren't, um, the vomiting would immediately start. So I always had to have like an IV pole or the backpack, um, on me. My little girl started like wearing a backpack around the house because she thought mom was wearing a backpack. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember that is, first of all, uh, that is the cutest from her perspective. Um, <laughs> I, I recall when I first started uh, following you, my morning sickness was nothing in compared to yours, but um, it was, it was kind of bad for me for what I yes. Knew. Um, and I recall trying to find other women, you know, mm -hmm. online, like I needed to find strength outside of me because I didn't have, the, it was my, pre my first pregnancy and I didn't have the strength. I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, and I was in the first trimester and I was like, I, I don't know. And I, and I chopped down, you know, and I kind of started to fall into a mild depression um, and I came across your um, profile and I recall, I think it was a picture of you and your family 
I think it was like at a walkway on the beach or something like that. And I recall, I recall seeing you with the, with the tube. I think it was the, you had, you had the little back mm-hmm. and, but you look, you look so like you radiated this, this positivity uh, through the picture. And I was like, Oh my God, she's so strong. <laughs> like <laughs> I need to follow her, you know, and I get emotional because it's true. I was like, Oh my God, I need to follow her because like, I can only imagine, you know, like the, I want to know her personality. I want to know like her strength. Like, how does she do it? How is she being so positive? She has a bit, I think I would have been like, I don't know that I can do this. I'm going to stay in bed for the rest of this pregnancy and I cannot even leave my house. And so can you maybe share like, you know, some of that, um, perhaps like what, what kept you motivated? What, you know, from my perspective, I saw you as someone so strong and so positive. Um, but you know, you tell me, right? Like, yes, is that how you fe- is, is that how you felt? Uh, was it like a roller coaster of emotions for you? Yes, definitely. It was definitely a roller coaster, and I had days where I felt so just strong, and I was like, I can do this, and you know, positive and motivated, and I had so many people supporting me and cheering me on. And then there, day, there was days and I get really emotional st- still because I can connect to these so much, but there were days where I literally just laid in my bed and felt so dark and so heavy. And so just like literally didn't even know how I was going to make it the next 10 minutes because my body was, you know, hurting my mind. I was I struggle with, um, depression when I'm not pregnant or postpartum, but, um, the added weight of just that heavy depression and, you know, just wondering like, is this worth it? How am I going to do it? The guilt that I felt that I was failing my other child because I couldn't, you know, support her and parent her the way that I was used to before I got pregnant. And so I really just had to, on those days where I felt, you know, good enough to go outside or I felt good enough to even go sit on my couch instead of lay in my bed, I really had to like hang on to those moments because I knew that those were going to get me through the dark days, knowing that even though they were far and few between that, I would still get those days where there would be some sunshine in my life, even if it was, you know, just something as simple as like, (laughs) Literally, if I could eat a couple crackers and someone came to visit me for 20 minutes, like I felt like I was on top of the world. And so I really just learned to just clasp onto those really small um, moments. And yeah, it was it was definitely a roller coaster and there were just ups and downs and in-betweens and um, kind of like like you said too, which this will probably kind of lead into some other topics, but, um, finding support through, um, other people and like knowing that there were other people going through this exact same thing, like just knowing that I wasn't alone because it feels so lonely when you're, you know, in our circle and people you see 
don't understand or aren't suffering in the same way, but to know that there was people all over the world who are feeling the exact same way. Like there was just comfort knowing that I wasn't alone as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, with that, I want to know, um, you shared so much so openly and I'm so glad, and I'm sure all your followers, I'm so glad that you done that because it has helped other people not feel lonely, but what motivated you to share, you know, your journey? I recall when you were at Mm -hmm. the hospital, I think it was towards the last month. I think you were, you were trying to help baby get to, I think it was week 34, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken, um, to get Mm -hmm. her delivered. And I recall all the suffering and pain you went through with, with the, um, with the IV and the stuff. I think you're, you had, um, you know, a, a tough experience with that and you share a lot with that and I remember following you and mm-hmm. you know and setting my prayers too because you know I, I but what motivated you through time right to share your experience and did you experience a lot of support from random people did you experience negative feedback um tell me about that yeah I think what really motivated me um, at the beginning. And like I said, I had no idea that it was even like a possibility to get as sick as I was because I was, um, unfamiliar really with the diagnosis until, um, my second pregnancy. And so, um, I think when I started reaching out kind of like you did, you know, looking for, you know, other people or other stories, I started to realize that there was such a gap in, um, the space for this specific, um, condition and even just, you know, pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood in general, I feel like, um, I, I was looking for that. And so, um, when I started to come across some other accounts and other, um, moms who had experienced similar things and connect with them, um, I was just realizing how much strength and support that gave me. And so my hope was that I would be able to even just help one mom. Like if I could just help one other person feel supported and less alone, then like it was worth me sharing my journey. And it definitely, there were times where like, it was very uncomfortable. Like, you know, I was emotional a lot. I looked very ill a lot of times, you know, like my skin coloring, I, you know, it, it wasn't always, well, a lot of it wasn't very pretty, like, you know, and I also, I had a fear of just coming off very negative or like people just thinking like, oh, she's just looking for attention or poor me. Like I had a lot of internal battles with just like, you know, some personal insecurities, because it is being that vulnerable online to, you know, Mm -hmm. so many people is very scary, but I would just come back to that thought of if I could just help one mom, then this is worth it. And I was shocked and I still am shocked every time I share um, something that is very vulnerable vulnerable or close to my heart, um, especially like my story with my pregnancy, um, just the amount of messages I get of people who are like, thank you. Like I've never been seen or heard 
or like had somebody talk and truly know what I'm going through. And so it's so rewarding to know that even now, like this, it's not my day-to-day life that I can still help and connect with people through sharing my story. So it really truly is just because I, I'm passionate about helping other people. And this is something that is, um, not like so common that you can just, you know, you know, your neighbor that has the same thing or something. So just my hope to be, to be a light for somebody. Cause there's several people that I've connected with, um, through my journey that have made like the world of a difference in my life. So yeah. Yeah. And, and you said something very important. It's there's such power in knowing that you're not alone and mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, the, the true, the truth of your experience, like knowing that someone else is, is going through that, knowing that, Hey, pregnancy, it, there's so many different spectrums of how you can experience pregnancy and it's not, it's not your fault it's not something that you can control and and i'm really glad that you know that you have had the courage to to share that information and to help other people um i know that you you know i i've seen you know on your platform your messages and stuff and and i know that you uh, are a birth trauma survivor mm-hmm. um so it, it that's another topic that it's very unspoken about. Um, and so if you can share just a little bit about what that experience was like for you and um, and perhaps had anything that you think you could have, you could have advocated for yourself differently if it had anything to do with hospital staff I have heard a lot of stories where people felt that, you know, the, the staff was failing them and they mm-hmm. wish they would have advocated differently. If, if that was the case for you, what we, what would you have done differently and what would you want to say to other people, um, you know, that perhaps had experienced that after, you know, after giving birth? Right. Well, I actually, I had a very traumatic birth with my first baby and this is just where it was so eye-opening too. When I look back at my pregnancy and my delivery with her, it makes it so clear that there is such a gap because I minimized all of that thinking that that was normal. And now I'm like, that is not normal. And I did not receive the amount of like care and understanding that I know so many moms are suffering from because I myself with my first pregnancy and delivery did not get that. So with my first baby, my um, placenta abrupted and I had to have an emergency C-section. I was luckily, so my first, the hospital where I was supposed to deliver refused to keep me. And so I had to, my husband drove us to another hospital and thank goodness um, we were at the hospital because if I would have, my placenta would have abrupted home or in the car or anything, we probably, neither of us would have made it. So it was a blessing that, um, we were at a hospital, which I don't really talk much about my first pregnancy because it, my new, my recent pregnancy has kind of just been more current, but 
with my most current pregnancy um, and delivery, I was aware a little bit more about, you know, just the possibility of things that potentially could happen because of what happened with my um, first. And so going into, I had a repeat C-section and going into that, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear just because of what had happened, um, with my first and, um, looking back with your question while I'm explaining this of what I could, could have done different. Um, even though I feel like I advocated for myself, um, and I learned how to do it, I feel like pretty good because of, um, the amount of times I spent in hospitals and dealing with healthcare providers during my pregnancy. Um, there are still so many things looking back that I just would do completely different. Um, I was at, uh, I delivered, it was a, a great, great hospital. It was the best place I could be. Um, it's a learning hospital though. And I wasn't aware of as, um, how much like the residents and the students, are able to do. Um, I think I just kind of trusted that my doctor would make the best decisions for me and completely trusted my doctor where I was already so high risk. Looking back, I would have never allowed a student or anybody to learn. Um, You know, obviously they have to, and I want to be able to help people learn. And, you know, I think there's a time and a place for that, but the specific um, situation that I was in, I wish so badly that I would have, um, been more educated on exactly what was going to happen. Um, so after my C-section, me back into just the like recovery labor and delivery room. And I remember just overjoyed that, like I made it, like I literally was like, I made it like my mom and my husband were in there and we were just crying. And I was like, like the finish line is here. Like we made it. My baby was in the NICU. Um, I didn't know that they had to resuscitate her and that there was a lot going on in there. But in the moment thinking everything was fine, it was like, I was just so happy. That was the moment that another thing just got me through every day was like just dreaming about this moment. Um, but then I started to hemorrhage. I had a class five hemorrhage. I lost over 80% of my total blood volume. Um, and long story short, um, I had to have an emergency hysterectomy in order to save my life. Um, and it was hours later I woke up, they had taken me back to the emergency room or to the operating room and, um, I was so, you know, just grateful that I was alive and my baby was there. But then I was also trying to wrap my head around the fact that I no longer have a uterus. And I, it just was so much, so much to take in. Um, And this is something, and I actually haven't really um, shared too much about this on my platform yet, because it's still kind of up in the air, but we're looking into some of my medical records and just the more information that I'm reading and learning about. Um, there were some errors made um, through the resident doctor. And so I think a lot of my 
um, what happened could have been prevented. Um, and I think there was things that went wrong that, um, like I said, could have went another way if there were different things that would have taken place. But, um, I just, and then in the hospital, because of the amount of, you know, trauma, and then there's nurses constantly switching shifts. And I just felt like it all got so jumbled in the mix of my baby coming out of the NICU and then, um, you know, my feeding tube and other IV issues that I had had. And so I feel like the whole trauma of my birth just got jumbled in to the mix of it. Um, there were, I would say, 80% of the people who took care of me while I was in the hospital were amazing. And I know that obviously um, it could have went a completely different direction. And I feel so grateful that I'm alive and that, you know, the doctors who were there literally saved my life and I would pick being alive over, you know, anything else because I get to be here to be a mother to my girls. Um, and so I don't ever want to, you know, discredit all of the good that did happen, but there was that small percent of, of people who did mistreat me and who did minimize what I had just went through. Um, and who, you know, just really added to the trauma and all of the things that I have had to work through. Um, again, because I think there is such a gap in the space of um, just one of the things, birth trauma in general, and these health care providers being educated on, um, you know, really how to help patients go through that. Because they see that more than you do as the one, you know, suffering from the whatever happened in your birth. Um, so it's, and I could talk about birth trauma for so long. There's so many facets, but, um, it just, I also felt just like it was one thing after the next, like I had such a hard pregnancy. Like, why couldn't I have just had, you know, a normal delivery or, and I don't like the word normal because, I don't think there is normal, no normal, right? No normal. So it's so different for everyone. Yes. And, um, and I think normal is not normal. And I don't yeah. think it exists, as you mentioned, you know, something that caused my attention, uh, as you share your story is, um, you mentioned a lot of the word, you know, there's a gap, there's a gap, there's a gap. And I couldn't agree with you more. There is a gap between what women are, you know, women experience, you know, when it comes to to giving birth, to being pregnant, um, to becoming mothers, uh, and to loss in in a lot of cases like your own. Um, but this is not something that we see in uh, pregnancy prep books. Um, the hospital classes are not talking about this. Everything focuses, everything that I consume and that I, other women have shared with me that they have consumed to prepare them for motherhood has been focused on 
changing diapers and making sure you know you know how to swaddle your baby and you know and mm-hmm. breastfeeding you know and breastfeed 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 and you know and and things like that and so what why do you think is that and i have heard other women also say a lot about you know hospital staff and doctor having that trust on their doctor because they mm-hmm. go through the entire journey with their doctor and then showing up to off um you know the like the real deal um you know uh date and then feeling like their doctors have failed them and and i i i have to ask you know why do you think is that like is it because we're women is it is it what if it was the that we're <laughs> giving birth will they get right. a better treatment is it you know I, i'm curious to know what you think of that i've thought a lot about it and i think you know everybody's opinion is probably different um but i think the more that i've looked at it from like a bigger outlook and this is just my my personal opinion but i feel like um in today's world, like everything's just become a number, like you're just a number game. And so these doctors and these, you know, medical providers, you know, to them, we're just another patient, you know, they're going home at the end of the day and they're not dealing with, you know, all of the postpartum depression, anxiety, the lack of sleep, um, recovering from, it physically recovering mentally from the birth trauma, they, they walk out the door and, and that they're back onto their normal lives. And then we're left to fend for ourselves and also take care of these perfect little human beings. And so I just, I personally think that there's just, it's, it's like, we're not, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, do you think that the industry is desensitized? Yes, completely. I do. I, and I, I don't think, um, I actually, my, so my OB that I, it was a new OB for my, um, pregnancy that I, um, had for the miscarriage and then up to 18 weeks. And then I had to be referred to a maternal fetal medicine doctor. Um, he was the first doctor I've ever felt like actually cared about like and like treated me like another human being like I think it's very um rare to come across providers like that I know they're out there um and like I said I I had had an experience where well I've I've had a few but I do think you have to really search for that and that's another thing that I especially um moms who are showing symptoms of hyperemesis or I know they have it. I am like, you have got to, just for the sake of hyperemesis, not even the deliveries, but you have to advocate for yourself until you get exactly what you deserve, what you need, what you want. And if that takes going through 10 different, you know, doctors to find one who will give you that, you should not stop because we all deserve that kind of care and attention, regardless of where we're from or our backgrounds or our financial status or our race or anything like 
deserve that equal amount of care, in my opinion. I, I agree 100% with you, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you, you mentioned, you know, the you mentioned the broad spectrum and, and you used the word deserve because at times, you know, uh, we, are, we are in the midst of emotions and hormones and we think, well, this is the doctor, they went through medicine school and, mm-hmm. you know, and Doc, and even for me, my doctor told me, oh, I go through this many births, you know, a year and so on and so forth. And we place our, our trust in them and, and the life, our lives and the lives of our children. Um, and then, you know, and then as you mentioned, we deserve better and no matter, no matter what, um, this has been a really great conversation. We are at time. I'm so glad you you joined, and um, and I'm really thankful that you were able to to share your story with us today. Thank you, and I appreciate you so much. Just um, even though I didn't know you were one of those cheering me on and supporting me in the background, I know that your prayers and all of that helped me. And so, also, I think what you are doing is incredible, and the amount of mothers and women and even just family and people who are supporting us going through this, um, this will be amazing. And so, um, I am just honored that I get to be a part of it. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much.